Hello, welcome, and thanks for listening to Crimes of the Basklands. Quick content warning, this podcast details crimes and descriptions of violence that may be disturbing or triggering. It may not be suitable for all listeners. We'll do our best to warn listeners about what to expect before each episode and to include them in our show notes. So enjoy the show. Watch your back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you what you back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you what you back, watch your back. Oh, there's a chance gonna get you what you back. It's a coming from me, just get it. Gotta watch those red hands. It's the crimes of the bad. It's the crimes of the bad. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Crimes of the Basque Lands. Hello. We're... Welcome. Welcome back, Julie. This is Julie. Welcome I'm... back, Douglas. I'm Douglas. This yes. is Douglas. <laughs> so I, I, as you might know by now, this is a podcast about crimes related to the Basque country in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. We usually start with some drinks. Um, we do have a couple of local drinks today. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking La Salve, which we have described previously, which is a local beer. Mm-hmm. We got a history on it, too. That was very interesting. We had a little chat. It's a cute part of uh, Bilbao history, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you have a lovely Biscay and Chacoli, right? Yep. Ceruco. Ceruco, exactly. That Ceruco. Is Ceruco, yeah. The Z we would pronounce with Ceruco. A, like No, well, that's how you write it. But in Basque, the Z, we don't. We pronounce it as a very like Z for you American listeners. <laughs> sorry, yeah. It's a very like it's it's instead of a s so as in English, reg is an S, and then you've an like an SH would be a sh and then in Basque we have a third sibilant sound, which is so siruko, which in this case means from heaven. Oh well. Well there you go. I hope it's nice. There's something special about this wine. And that's uh, from heaven. A, a chacoli, which is a kind of grape from, uh, and Biscaya means it's from our province. Mm-hmm. Mm. And bottled, no wait. It was from bottled. the bodega in Elorio, no? Elorio, yeah, that's where it was bottled. And you were saying you worked there. I did. I worked there for three years. Yeah. How was that? Yeah. Was it it good? was good. They took me in like a basca. Very sweet. Was welcome, except for like a lot of the kids only spoke Euskera like normally. Beautiful. So they uh, they would always ask me, "How do you say?" And then they'd say it in Euskera, and I'd be like, "I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak Euskera." Good good way to learn how to use a dictionary. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Well, I, well actually, I, I didn't though. I did not take the time to get out the dictionary. It's the kids that have to learn how to use it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I have a little bit of a, a, a throaty thing, so if I'm, mm. you know, please excuse me if I'm sniveling or whatever. I excuse you anytime. I mean, I'm thinking more of the listeners, but thank you, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about me. So I know nothing about today's episode. Um, do we have Per to... usual, right? Indeed, indeed. Do we have any trigger warnings today? Oh, yes, we do. There's going to be, you know, of course, murder. Mm. And then there is... Uh, sexual assault mm-hmm. and even you know a sexual assault that involves a child so. okay well everybody's warned yeah and it is kind of distant in time i, I gather you oh were yes mentioning. it's historical yes so you know 
So that's kind of fun. Yeah, it, it gives us at least some space. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's dive right in. I'm curious. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll start with the one sentence synopsis of the crime. Local man wreaks havoc on capital of Uskadi, oh. which earned him the moniker Sacamantecas. Okay. And Sacamantecas, you were saying, was oh, yes, in the Boogeyman cast- in English? No. So- yes. It's like a version of the Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, or it's like their version of Boogeyman. And literally in Castilian, mm-hmm. it's fat remover or fat taker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something like that. Manteca is usually how they describe the, the, fat. the pig fat that you cook with. Mm-hmm. Lard, right? Yeah. And then mm. saca is to take or remove. Yeah, the, the lard remover. I lard guess. remover. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound as scary as the boogeyman, I'll have to say. But I guess if somebody's sucking the fat out of you, that's pretty horrific. No? Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, you had to give me a trigger warning for that. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you already would have had the visual with the name. You know, that's immediately what I do. I have the visual. It's just that Boogeyman for me never seemed ever scary because, you know, I didn't really, I mean. No Boogeyman? No. I, I looked up the dictionary. I, I grew up mostly in a, in a Portuguese speaking country and then mm. their version was Kuka. Kuka. And Kuka was some a crazy bird, it sounds like. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It would have been way more exotic a if we were fearing com- birds. In Brazil, yeah. It mm-hmm. would be coming for children. Exactly. Yeah. And I do I do recognize that name, but never, you know, it was just a mythological character in the list of characters. I never yeah. feared it. And again, when I hear the name Boogeyman, I, I'm just, I just think of, isn't it Boogies, the ones? No, that's here? Booger. Booger, Thinking okay. Booger. Okay. Well, you know, it's not conjuring up anything scary. Yeah, this, this is already going way downhill, like we're disgusting everyone. I hope nobody's eating right now. Yeah, I really hope so. It's drinking time, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Boogeyman. Well, I do have a story about Boogeyman and being told about it. That's kind of a funny memory of mine. It's like my grandfather Hmm. who lived in Southern California. Okay. Um, He would like, we'd be out in the backyard with him and he had this huge palm tree in the corner of his backyard. Nice. And we were underneath that tree looking around and he's like, Hey, look here. Here's a, (laughs) he'd pick up this thing. It looked like a little ball of fur. Right. Okay. And he'd go, this is what the, the boogeyman left. And he'd open up the fur and there'd be like, what? He goes, and these are the little bones inside. Oh. He'd like, show us and freak us out. Scary. Yeah, that's my memory of being talked to about the boogeyman. And what was it? Just some cloth? I have no idea. With... It actually did look like maybe like a, a owl or some other mm. bird of prey. Probably. Had eaten a mouse or something. Right. And then perfectly... Got rid of the bones. In they the, do do that, yeah. And the fur. Mm, yeah, I would say the one you especially see that happen is with owls. Owls. Yeah, that's what. It feels like a ball of fur with little bones in it. Mm-hmm. As far as I remember. So that's probably what it was. Mm. And he tried to tell us it was the boogeyman. Were you traumatized? No, I was fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> you you <Whoa>. still are. It's <laughs> <laughs> wild. No, we, we're discovering things here. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, so. Victoria Gasteis. Mm-hmm, our Gasteis. capital. 
right? That's the one. The Z. So is the capital of Uskadi. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, that's two names because there's always a name in Castilian and mm-hmm. then there's a name in Uskera. Nice. So Vitoria is the Castilian name. Yep. And then Gasteis would be the, the Basque name. Yeah. It's where the Basque parliament is located and is where the Lendakari resides. Yes, the Lendakari is the president of the Basque country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you know the name of the current Lendakari? Oh, I, I'm afraid it's I don't. Time. I'm afraid I don't. I don't either. Yeah. But I have a feeling his name is Pedro. Wow. Which yeah. Would be wild. Maybe it is. <laughs> I can look it up. <laughs> we could. We could. Google is always at hand, right? It is. Current Landakari is Inigo Urcuyo. Oh, okay. Well, I was way off. Well, very vast name. It is. I have heard his name a ton of times. I just didn't know if yeah. he was in power right now. But apparently Since he is. 2012. Wow. That's. Sounds How is that terrible, possible eh? that neither of us knew <laughs> since 2012? I guess we all assumed he changed. We, we, I'd already been here for years in 2012. Yeah. And many years after, 10 years after that, a decade. So he's been in power for a decade? It's so very believable. Limits. we got to look into this stuff. Okay, anyway, we're way off track. All right. It's Penelope's his party, so it would make sense. Yeah. Hmm. They've been no power term limits. mostly... The thing is, it's a national... There must be term limits. I just don't think... I just assume that uh, the party elects him, kind of like in the US. Mm -hmm. And so I assume that we vote for the party, and it doesn't really matter who the party chooses. It's whoever the president of the party is. That's... Yeah. Well, but he's... Lendakari is the president of the best country, but I assume it's whoever the... No, party. yeah. Whoever wins the election, mm. it's the president of that party that yes. comes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah. we will have to look into political yeah, structure anyway. for next. <laughs> this is not a political <laughs> podcast. <laughs> not at all. So don't actually take our word for anything. We know nothing. We are obviously. talking about. We don't even know the name of the president. We've heard of it. We've heard it before. I've heard it on TV. Okay, so. Our story takes place here in near Vitoria mm-hmm. and Gasteis in the surrounding villages of the region. So there mm-hmm. and in the surrounding villages. Mm-hmm. The year is 1821. Wow. And on October 17th in the town of Igulas. Oh, God, I'm butchering that. Mm-hmm. Igulas. 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 It's to the east of Vitoria. It's where our protagonist uh, was born okay. okay and so i'm just going to give you his surname right okay diaz de garayo okay and um i'm going to be referring to him as garayo from nice, now on just nice. to make it nice and short very basque name diaz not so much not necessarily no i mean it's clearly coming from a latin name but mm-hmm. quite a few names also come from latin origin in the basque country it's it's, it's hmm. being a neighbor it's normal right since the Roman times, we've had romance People language. People in and out of this joint. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. He was the ninth child of farmers Nicolas Diaz de Garayo and Norberta. Mm-hmm. That's quite a name. Ruiz de Arandonia. Argandonia. Mm-hmm. Arandonia. Oh, God. Argandonia. I'm going to do terrible with these names today. <laughs> so what do you think? Big family. Life is like is the ninth 
child. I mean, Ryan is the ninth child. They say that the, 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 the younger ones are, are kind of over pampered, right? That's the rule. Well, he's probably getting taken care of by his bigger sisters. Yeah, mostly sisters. Yeah. Because they would be very sexist then. Of course. <laughs> would be. <laughs> Quite tough, I imagine, especially being in a rural setting. Mm-hmm. Um, Vittoria Gasteis has industrialized. Well, I say industrialized. They've grown bigger. But, you know, historically, it's a very rural mm-hmm. area. Probably, lot, yeah, lots of farmland stuff. Mm, sheep, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty flat, you know. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, as we know back then, there's no contraceptives, right? Yeah. And uh, his mom probably gave birth to more than nine children. For sure. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, yeah, a lot of them didn't survive to adulthood or even through childbirth or whatever, mm. you know. Times are tough. Um, and so as there were farmers, the family most likely needed laborers as well, right? That's usually the situation, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, that would explain why our criminal in this story had no formal education. Right. Yes, for that time, makes sense. Yeah. He's described as illiterate, but a hard worker. Mm, good. And at the time in this area, uh, 60% of the population was illiterate. So okay. it wasn't unusual for that uh, to be the case. 60 percent it's pretty high yeah i think it's probably average for europe i know what like a hundred no 200 200 years years ago ago. Hmm. so that's a long time yeah so you know a very simple man okay so it was during the first carlist war carlista war Mm -hmm. carlist war yeah Mm -hmm. that at age 14 he was sent by his parents to work in the neighboring towns of Okay, here we go. I've got some towns to say. Mm-hmm. Salvatierra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alaisa. Mm-hmm. Ocaris. Mm-hmm. Isarza. Mm-hmm. Anua. Mm-hmm. Alegria Dulanitz. Okay. So, how did I do? Did I do all right? I mean, they were mostly understandable. Do you want me to read them? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's see. So, we have Alayasa. Alayasa. I've never heard that one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Ocaris, Isarsa, Anua, and Alegria Dulanzi. Alegria in Castilian is um, Happiness. joy. Mm-hmm. Joy, yeah. And what is Dulan? Dulan? It doesn't make sense to me, but it could be like... Um, is it sweet? I don't think so. Because the TZ, um, it probably is a Basque word. Mm-hmm. And and sweet isn't dulce like yeah, but maybe they because they've borrowed a lot of words from Castilian as well in modern times. True, but there is a you know there is a clear word for dulce in in Basque, which is gosue or gose sweet. You know, okay, and like yeah. So I assume they would use that word instead of another one, but you never know. They might have used a formal word like. Saccharine, (laughs) (laughs) sucrous, who knows? Yeah. Okay. So he worked as a farmhand, a shepherd, and a coal miner. So, you know, classic old timey mask occupations. Mm -hmm. And um, at the age of 29, he went to work for Antonia Berrosteguieta. Very well done. In Vitoria. Gastes. Mm-hmm. She was a widow and needed someone who could help out with the farming and field management. 
So he fit the bill in these regards. And as it turned out, he was also husband material. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so they married and he inherited his her first husband's nickname. That's awesome. So they get, yeah. So they get married and he ends up being called the nickname of his the dead, you know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. <laughs> I just want to slip right into the. Uh, so his nickname was um, Zurumbon. Zurumbon. And she was Las Surumbona. Mm -hmm. Surumbona. Mm -hmm. And according to Google, yeah. this means buzz. Right, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, Miss Buzz and Mister Buzz. Yeah. So, why do you think they have these nicknames? Like, what do you think they're like? <laughs> their reputation. I was thinking, like, are they gossipy? Like, they're always like telling everybody I what's wonder. happening. <laughs> I wonder. What's the buzz around town? I guess they're just energetic. Oh, could be. Yeah, maybe they were real like busybodies. Very high, you know, octane people. Yeah. How you doing? Da 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 da. Yeah. No, geez, geez, lay off. High energy people, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I so, don't know. Yeah. Maybe they like it's singing funny. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe. Okay, so they marry and they have five children. So mm. three of three of which would survive. See. So yeah, it, times are tough for kids on the farm. 1800s, yeah. Yeah. So in 1863, Zurumbona died. Okay. And I'm thinking maybe childbirth. <laughs> Killed yeah. a lot of women. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know. It could be anything on a farm, right? And mm. he married Juana Salazar okay. shortly thereafter. Okay. It was also common. Mm hmm. So apparently this marriage was riddled with conflict oh. and she now had like these three stepchildren. Right. And I read that in one account that the eldest son took off to work and serve on other farms mm -hmm. and the other two just stayed out in the streets to avoid trouble on the home front. Like, wow. Was that bad at home or something? Tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, enough for them to note it in a story about, you know, his life. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, it seems after the death of his first wife, he turned to booze, which might explain the conflict between the two of these people. Okay. Um, he also outlived this wife, who wow. died of smallpox in 1870. And true to form, he quickly remarried a woman. Okay. No, okay. no children to take care of this time, I assume? I, maybe they're all grown I, up if they're out working on farms I, and yeah, hanging I, out in the streets. <laughs> I've lost the, 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 the numbers. They're able to take care of themselves. Okay, but but he's so back in the game. Yeah, so he um, third wife. Yeah, she had no other identifying features other than an alcoholic. Oh, so, another alcoholic. Yeah. Okay. Well, the third wife. At least they hang out together. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they have a hobby in common. <laughs> it seems that uh, this pairing was also problematic, hmm. and so they were married for five years. When he came home one day to find her bedridden and in agony. Quote, unquote. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he called a doctor, but she couldn't be saved. Mm. So what do you think he did next? After I mean, she died. Oh, I mean, either he buried her or he married again. <laughs> he did marry again. That's wow. right. He got married for the fourth time. Okay. Only a month later. So, yeah, he mm. moves on fast. and Yeah. Alcohol he's, or helps he's you getting forget. snatched up in these towns or something. He could be like, sexy ooh, ooh. by uh, yeah. 
Do you think he's still going by Sumborón? Surumbón. Surumbón. <laughs> I assume so, because why would they change it, right? He hasn't moved farm, so he probably... No, no, it's in the same town. Yeah, he never changes. He can't get that rid of that. Are they all, like, waiting out these deaths of these wives? Like, I can't wait till he's available on the market. I mean, I... I mean, I'm I, sure it was slim pickings. I fall for Basque Man all the time, That's so... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I like the profile. I did, too. I, I fell for one. There you go. They're lovely. They are lovely. All right. So he's not lovely, though, by the way. Warning. Okay. Warning. Okay. He's not lovely. I mean, I, I thought something this would have not happened. not somebody you'd want to be married to. Before he'd married four times, I thought there'd be more kind of crimes. But no, we're... we're... Well, well, I'll get into that. Okay. Okay. When, uh, yeah, things started kicking off for him. So his fourth and final wife was an old widow... That's how they, quote unquote, old widow is how they described her. Sounds like he's after the, her money. Yeah, somebody that's got a farm, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another farm for him <laughs> yeah, to drink. Yeah, he's like, oh, I know how to do that. I can run that farm. And her name was Juana Ibsate. Ibsate? Ibisate. Ibisate. Mm-hmm. Ibisate with an S. Yeah. yeah. So, and also I was like, took note of that how many people are widowed as well. Yeah. In this place. I mean, he's already lost three wives. She's widowed. A lot of the people in this story are widowed. Mm, it's it's. I would say it's still kind of close to average, especially because he was older when she was a widow. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say how old he was at this point. Well, I guess you could look at his date of birth and <laughs> the years that his wife's died. It doesn't give it a year for the last for the last um, for the for. The one woman, yeah, okay, so she died in 1870. So there you go. And he was born in 1821, which makes him 59, right? I mean, I, I, mean, I guess 59, so. right? I believe you. I mean, I'm so bad at math. Me too. <laughs> well, we'll stick with 59. We're going to sound like such idiots. Makes sense. <laughs> Got to edit this out. <laughs> we'll discover all our listeners. We'll do a calculation right now. No. All the ones that are good with math, we're going we're gonna to see in the comments. But that be how old he is. I'm now. I'm like, come on, Julie, do the goddamn. Oh my god, this is really embarrassing. He's post Gotta edit 50. this out. It's, we can we can get a, a reasonable age. It's close <laughs> enough. Yeah, he's older for those times. Anyway, yeah. so the murders. I'll start with this. So it was after the um, death of his second wife, mm-hmm. who died from smallpox, that he started killing. Oh, right, right. I mean, that's what you're telling me. I'm. Uh, I was. I thought he would start killing wives or children. But then he but... had it. No, that wouldn't be right. I have wrong thing in my here. Because if he died, mm. it was his third wife who died of um, smallpox. Okay. The second wife was the one that died mysteriously. Right. Just like was in bed. Right. So maybe it was around then. Well, it's hard to just say when mm-hmm. it started, when he uh, started killing. So, yeah, I guess so. It says here his, but that was the third wife that died in 1870 from smallpox. Yeah. So I must have written that down wrong. It was his third wife that he started killing before he married his fourth one, which mm-hmm. he probably didn't wait that long. It doesn't say here how long he waited for this one. But probably about a month, you know, give it some time. Mm-hmm. It you sounds gotta, like the last time. bury he, your wife he, first. and he waited a month last time. And then, yeah. Then you plan the wedding <laughs> as soon as you bury. Oh, God, I'm going dark. Okay, this is going to get even darker, though. So 
I'm warned. Shall we do a little pause? Yeah, for let's now? take a break and then I'll get into the med. A little pause. Okay. See you soon. Hey everybody, we're back. We Hi. have we have uh, gotten out the whiteboards. We've calculated for <laughs> yeah. about half an hour. Yeah, we've discovered. We figured out how this, old he was. Yes, he was forty nine. Yeah, the killer, and he started killing after his third wife. Yeah, and I actually have a note here. I just didn't read ahead. It says. That, uh, as I said before, Garayo committed his first killing on April 2nd, 1870. So this was after the death of his second wife and perhaps during the marriage of the third wife. Okay. So it's a bit ambiguous. So 1870. Yeah. So he never waited very long. So he was 49 around about 49. That <laughs> okay. 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 too far off. Well, but a decade. Only a decade. A decade. That seems pretty old too. And even 49 seems pretty old to start like a killing spree. Yeah. Spoiler alert. This is a killing spree. Yeah. So he started his first, committed his first killing on April 2nd, 1870. Um, and, you know, some things never change. His first victim was a sex worker. Okay. So, you know, preying on the vulnerable. It's classic victim selection. Indeed. You know. Um, so she was apparently a well-known woman who had taken up this trade because her husband was in jail. All right. And she had children to feed. Uh, according to one article, they called her Valde no, Goviesa. Valde Goviesa. Mm -hmm. Valde Goviesa. Mm -hmm. And her actual name, though, was Melitona Segura Gonzalez de Betolasa. Mm -hmm. Betolasa, yeah. Anyway, so they agreed on exchange for sex, sex for money, and went off to find a place to, you know, do it. Consumate. Mm hmm. They headed out of the city through the Portal del Rey, Portal del Rey, on the road to Navarra. Okay. Okay. So it was through an area known as uh, Polvorín Viejo, which mm -hmm. translates to the old powder keg. The old powder keg. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yep. So it was called that because it was where they would store ammunition or coal for the army. Mm. So what would be known today is like in American English, armory. Munitions depot. Oh, there you go. I also heard arsenal, British call True. it yeah. the arsenal. Yeah, classic term. Mm -hmm. So um, this building has gone through a series of purposes over the years. At one time, it was a sanatorium for tuberculosis sufferers, mm. a prison, and now it's a school, okay. this building. So could you imagine going to that school? <laughs> All of those changes, a prison tuberculosis hospital yeah I a lot of people probably died well i was homeschooled till 14 <laughs> so i don't have too much experience with that <laughs> haunted schools well me neither i've never been to one as far as i know yeah but <laughs> then i went to edinburgh university which is super old so i'm sure oh, yeah everything happened in yeah. all the buildings <laughs> yeah a lot can happen in college <laughs> but it was more like a college thing yeah mm -hmm. uh polvorin viejo is uh a street now in Vitoria. Okay. So there's a street called that. It's in the neighborhood of uh, Judimendi, mm -hmm. where you can find the large park, Judimendi. Mm, nice. So I know that Mendi means mountain. Yes. But does uh, Judy mean anything? Uh, how is it written? J-U-D-I. 
It doesn't ring a bell to me. It seems like a different pronunciation of Suri Mendi, but it hmm. seems too far the as well. Suri, Suri would be white, so it would be white. a white man, but it seems like it's written so differently. It doesn't seem probable, so I would okay. would not know that etymology. Sorry. Okay. No problem. Hey, that's all right. We're all here to learn. But Mendi is a is a very common part in your name because one, the Basque country is super mountainous. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those of the surnames make reference to that. So it's the guy what, that lives next to the mountain, the big to, mountain, yeah. exactly, the tall mountain. So Mendy, if you see it in a name, there's a high probability it'll be a Basque surname. Yeah. Mm, in general. For their purposes, they settled on a place near the, um, so Recachiki stream, or in Euskera, um, Basque, it would be Errecatiki. Erdekachiki is chiki. Yeah, chiki, chiki, small, right? Yeah, it chiki. just means small river or small stream. And that is also now a street in modern day Vitoria. Cute. I, I look forward to going there and yeah, me too. thinking of all crimes. Yeah, I've got all, <laughs> all kinds of places to visit now. That's nice. Uh, so once they finished up, it appears as though um, Garayo offered her less money than previously agreed upon. And she did not like this. Okay. Normal, right? Yes. I read that he offered her three Spanish reales. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the real was before the peseta. And so I tried to look up what that would be like equivalent to in today's money. That's very complicated. Yes, because so I found that reales were like, it, uh, it would be like 20 was a peseta. Oh, really? Okay. 20 reales would be a peseta. Okay. So, in pesetas, because I, I tried, I went on this website that was like equivalent to how much money would be worth today. And yeah. so, three pesetas would have been 13 euros. Oh, my gosh. That's so... But if it's reales... So, here we got to do math again. <laughs> this is first grade. <laughs> Our listeners who, so anyway, so, who know those things can So, calculate. anyway, in, in pesetas, mm. it's 13. You guys do the math. Yeah. The listeners can do this. So... In pesetas, it would have been like 13 euros, uh, three pesetas. So then he offered her three reales, which were like 20 reales per peseta. Yeah, like one. So yeah. very little money, right? It's like a 20th of, of, of 13 euros, which right now on time of recording is pretty much the same as a dollar. <laughs> 13 euros is one dollar? No. No, three, 13 <laughs> euros is 13 dollars, pretty much. Oh, that's yeah. what I mean. Okay. So, one twentieth <laughs> gotcha. of that, so less than a dollar for yeah. services. Yeah. I mean, there's no services that cost that little, but you know. Mm-hmm. Times are tough. Husband's in jail. Yes. What so, are you gonna and do? if there are any historical economists that want to correct our math, please go for yeah, it. Yeah, go for we it. Will, I don't care. We'll, we'll pin the, the correction and, and make sure. sure it appears. We'll make a point of bringing it up like so-and-so told us Indeed. this. Indeed. Okay, so anyway, um, he offered her three reales. And she was like, uh, uh-uh. And she wanted five. Okay. Which is still not very much money. Nope. And of course, well, this enraged him. And he threw her to the ground. He pressed his hands to her throat until she lost consciousness. He hmm. then dragged her to the stream and he drowned her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then he undressed her for some reason okay. at that point. 
So he undressed her and sat with the body until nightfall. And then, then that's when he figured it was safer to return to the city. Wow. Odd. Yeah. That's pretty eccentric for sure. He's got some serious problems to deal with. And he's 49 at that point. So her body was discovered um, by a servant who was out picking flowers by the stream the following day. The authorities looked into it, but had no good leads or any evidence. So they, you know, basically just went cold. Okay. His second murder was almost a year later on March 12th of 1871. This also occurred in the middle of the day when he happened upon an old woman begging mm-hmm. right outside the Portal de Rey. Mm-hmm. Her name was Agueda. 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 Sabando Oreo. Mm-hmm. Oreo. Or in quotes, I saw somewhere La Riojana. Okay. From the Rioja. Yep, she probably came from La Rioja, and that would be her her nickname. Nickname. Thank you for yeah. that. Can... Probably was a character in town, like always begging outside of the, and everyone knew she was a widow. Right, right. It would have been quite a small town mm-hmm. in those days, as I yeah. yeah, I was mentioning, like Vitoria has grown a lot, mm-hmm. so it would have been quite a small town by then, I would imagine. Yeah, eighteen seventies. So you know, she's a widow and has no resources to speak of, so mm-hmm. she's begging, and he asked her to join him, and um, when she complained of hunger, he gave her some money for food. And then, like, agreed to meet with her out on the road to Navarra. Okay. So when she she went to get some food and came, yeah, and came and a drink probably, mm-hmm. and then went to meet him. Okay. So when she arrived, he led her to a spot known as La Bizcarra. Mm. La Bizcarra. So, mm. it was, and it was pretty close to where he had committed his first murder okay. near the Erre Catiki. Well done. Well done. And, uh, you know, the same thing went down. They had sex. Uh, He offered her an insulting amount of money. (laughs) And then uh, when she protested, he attacked her. So he strangled her to unconsciousness and then raped her again. So that's why I was saying, Mm. like, he has a thing with sex with unconscious people. Right, right. That hasn't changed. Humans continue doing that, unfortunately. Yeah, yes, they do. I mean, do. It's, it seems it seems like some it's kind awful. of fucked up kind of uh, power. Well, it's something going on, you know. I power know. thing, no? It's a yeah. Very, very, yeah. I yeah. mean, like absolutely no um, consent. Like the yeah. the least amount of consent you could possibly get. Just looking at male entitlement. Yeah. I mean, of course, that's kind of gone overboard but it's it's it feels like initially you start with you know the fact that men don't usually have so many uh red lines or or limits and he's just he's gone right past them well okay so anyway he ends up uh yeah then he ends up strangling her and she dies so then uh, like the first one he stayed with the bottom the body of the victim um until nightfall Mm mm-hmm and I, you know, which I found pretty risky. Like if he had gone out there in the middle of the day, um, it never really took long for any of these bodies to be discovered. Yeah. Like people were, seemed to be out in that area quite mm-hmm. a bit. So mm-hmm. he, to like sit there with it. Yeah. It's a risk. For hours waiting for the sun to go down, you know? Yeah. In the middle of, cause what is this? Well, this is March, but the other one was like in August. So 
Okay. You know, long days. It's yeah. Like dark till like nine or ten. Yep. Yeah. Big so, risk. Mm -hmm. It was not that remote that people weren't out there all the time. And sure is enough, it was discovered the next day. Okay. Uh, it doesn't say who discovered it, but uh, again, in, investigators have no leads, no evidence. Um, so they had nothing to go on for this either. Well, it, forensics changed the world. But yeah. This is pre-forensics. So. Yeah. Hmm. It's also a small town. Yeah. Um, yeah. Small town that of course would be using the countryside around it like you said for flowers. and you might have seen you know like the the everybody knows the the riojana no like yeah. that was her she had a nickname the woman that was begging mm. so like if you were to see sumbaron surumbon surumbon i think so yeah gosh <laughs> um yeah like if he had like a nickname she had a nickname it there seems... would have been witnesses that saw them chatting. You would assume so, yeah. Yeah. So let's also count in some shoddy police work. <laughs> yes, let's, <laughs> let's call them out. <laughs> Good job, guys. We're picking on the we police really, again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Don't come at me, police. Okay, so... Um... Okay, so it was the third victim that shocked everyone and really sent fear through the town and all the surrounding villages. And it was shocking because it wasn't um, someone down on their luck, you know, like the first victim was turning to sex work because her husband was in jail and she had mm -hmm. children. The other one was like a widowed beggar, right? Mm -hmm. And this one was, um, this was a, this was a child. Okay, that yeah. would be shocking. Yeah. So she was 13 years old. Hmm. Her name was Antonia Berrosteguieta. Mm -hmm. Berrosteguieta, very good. She was working as a maid in the neighboring town of Gamarra mm -hmm. and was heading into Vitoria Gasteis to do some shopping on okay. August 21st, 1872. I just wanted to say, like, he takes a year off between killings. Mm, I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. It's about a year each time. And um, so that's what profilers are like law enforcement, academia, um, clinicians, researchers, they all deem to fit the description of like a proper serial killer. Okay. So it's someone who's committed a series of murders, usually three or more, mm -hmm. and they have a cooling off period between murders. Mm. So he's officially... Like he would be deemed in today's, yeah. you know... He's definitely vernacular a as a serial killer. Yeah. Back to our poor third victim. Um, she yeah, made him officially a serial killer. Right. So uh, she had the misfortune of running into him on the road to Gamarra. No, from Gamarra to Vitoria Castells mm -hmm. around noon on that day. And the poor little baby, she was pulled off the road by him strangled to unconsciousness, raped. Yeah, he's so, liking this methods. Yeah, and then strangled. Mm. So, you know, um, yeah, they're sexually motivated, but he also has like a sexual cool. screw missing. Yeah. He wants them to be unconscious. For sure. Yeah. So that's terrible. Anyway, he hid her body in a ditch and returned to Vitoria Castes around 2 p.m. Okay, so he didn't stay till night. No, not this, this time. time. Mm. But she was also discovered the following day. Um, so apparently this road 
leading to Gamarra is well traveled, you know, like all these roads. I mean, she's in a ditch still, though, but you know, yeah. I mean, I'm happy everybody's being found so efficiently. Yeah, not that it made much of a difference, I have to say. Fortunately, <laughs> yeah. Other times, so, hey, thanks for science. Other times today, I mean, this stuff can happen today, it still does for sure. For sure, yeah. It just seems so in your face beforehand, right? Like, I know. I just town. yeah, such a small town. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. So the you have the same people coming in and out of town and villages, and you kind of know people in the surrounding areas as well because of that. Yeah. You know, if people are going from place to place to work, like this girl was working as a maid. Mm -hmm. She would you have know, been. He had gone off to another town work as a farmhand you know yeah. he, she would have been known in some shops you know yeah for sure if she's sure. there shopping yeah for her duties as the maid or the mm. servant or whatever yeah well that community usually works as a protection but unfortunately not not this time mm -hmm. okay so as i said before this crime was uh terrifying for the area because it implied that no one was safe and this could happen at any time of the day because this happened at like noon. Yeah. It's so, pretty scary. I can see how, how that makes, you know, people worry more. Mm -hmm. The daytime thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the investigators stepped up their efforts to find the killer, but again, hit a dead end. And unlike his previous uh, periods of cooling off, he struck again only eight days later. Oh, he's, 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 he's in, in a final spiral like here. A, yeah, frenzy kind of. Let's let's hope he gets uh, sloppy. Well, no, you're gonna have to wait. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, Douglas. Well, he, he just, There's he... no good news there. Okay, let's go for it. Okay, so this time he ran into his 23-year-old victim Maria Campos, and then her nickname was La Morena. Mm-hmm. Um. So this was very near to his own home. And around dusk, and according to his later confessions, he approached her because he knew her to be lewd. <laughs> Gross, right? So who said this? He said that uh, when he confessed later. Okay. That wow. he'd approached her because he knew she had a reputation. Yeah, and in those days, it probably meant she, her, her skirt was like one centimeter shorter <laughs> than anybody ground. else's, right? <laughs> yeah, off the ground is the better... <laughs> But anyway, those were so, the days. Yeah. So he propositions her and they agreed to an exchange of sex for money. And they head out to, uh, they head out on this, head out of the city on the road to La Rioja this time. So, but this time apparently he took the precaution of walking some distance apart so that no one would see them together. So okay, he knew well. the heat was on, huh? And this is, you know, this is eight days after killing a child. He's feeling the heat. Yeah. So he's probably like, I guess you better be a little careful. Okay, so... Um, Sick man. Yeah. So they join up near a bridge where they had consensual sex. And true to form, he wanted to screw her over and not pay her what he agreed to. Uh, he offered her two reales. Getting so worse. So if you guys want to do the math there, two reales. Uh, so 80... Re no, 20 reales are one peseta. Oh, that's easy. That's 10% of 13 euros. That's 1 euro 30. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very good, Douglas. Way to bust out the percentage. In the... When it's easy percentages. Yeah, there you go. So she's assaulted 
and uh, they start arguing and you know that sets him off he doesn't like a woman not accepting what he wants. whatever he wants he doesn't yeah. get to do what he wants so he took her down and he strangled her and thinking he had killed her you know he thought she was dead from the strangulation but mm-hmm. apparently she was still alive and mm. then he stabbed her so Poor wikipedia man. claims this was with her hairpin okay into her heart ouch i know and then another source said it was with a pitchfork. Which I don't know if that was just trying to be extra. Pretty different. Extra, you know. Pretty different. But either way, both are horrific. Terrible. And, and it's clearly but, an escalation from last time. Right? He used yeah, to yeah. just. Just strangle. Yeah. Str- I think it's a definite step in a sort of violent More, yeah. direction. Oh, and yeah, he's going to go there. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> get ready douglas okay okay so Buttoning. um i personally think it was probably the hairpin because you would grab something that was available mm-hmm. if you're in a panic right yeah so if she had a hairpin that was sharp enough makes sense because like a pitchfork nobody's like leaving their farming tools laying around it in seems the countryside un- right seems unlikely right but it could be an old one Maybe, yeah, just, they just threw it down to the river. Like, that's the garbage. <laughs> the that, river. <laughs> that was also a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Still always, is. Humans that love to treat rivers like a garbage can, don't they? Well, Send the yeah. sewage in there. Send anything in there. Yep. Very sad. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, today the Basque Country is quite a clean place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today. Today. Today, yeah. We like... Uh, yeah, people always love to tell you how bad it used to be. Yeah, and and like industrial. If you say anything about like the contamination or like you know like pollution or like uh, mm-hmm. factories and stuff, yeah, people yeah. Are like, oh, you should have seen it <laughs> in the eighties. It was disgusting. Or the river, like the river's brown. And they're like, should have seen it in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Or I, the I, buildings were all gray. Exactly. With smoke. Yeah. It, the it, it, it's something very very similar to Edinburgh in Scotland. I lived there mm. for some time and all the stone had gone pretty much black because yeah. of the smoke. Yeah. And I think I've I heard think that London about... like that too, right? Yeah. 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 And I've heard that about Bilbao as well. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, you, like there's a student I give classes to and she's in... Uh, it's in Greater Bilbao. You get, go there by Metro. It's called the Randio. Uh-huh. And she'll tell me like when she was a child, so I guess the 70s, the maybe beginning of the 80s, she sometimes she'd go out and like her eyes would, would start watering because of oh some chemicals God. in the air. I know. Talk about heavy pollution. Yeah, and there's probably like, remember acid rain? They used to bring that up like in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still a, it's still a problem, but yeah. less of a problem in Western Europe. Mm. In Western Europe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Western <laughs> Europe. <laughs> God. Wind goes everywhere. <laughs> okay, well, what should we take next? a break? Here? Yes, let's take a break. Okay, let's take a break. Okay, so um, shall we continue? Let's 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 <laughs> let's see when we get this guy. Yeah. So his uh, modus operandi, as they call it, his mo, right, mm-hmm. seems to have changed in this regard, but in another. He acted as he had in the past by placing the body next to the river mm-hmm. and heading home at night. So he did again stay Stayed. there until nightfall. 
So by this time, people were properly freaked out, right? Yeah. Many villages in the surrounding area were virtually deserted at nightfall. And women, of course, were terrified of going anywhere alone. Hmm. Um, the, authority, the authorities did look into a soldier who was based in Vitoria Gastes at the time. Because mm -hmm. um, by this time, it was the third Carlista War. Oh, wow. Um, but he was cleared and deemed innocent because he was. You know? mm -hmm. Good. So. Well, they got something right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, the Carlista War comes up a lot because it was happening back then. And um, I'm not going to go into them, what they were, or what they were about. It's basically but there a civil was, war. Like, quite a, yeah, there was mm -hmm. quite an effect it had on the, the third and final had quite an effect on the Basque country, which mm -hmm. one day you might want to go into for a future episode. You know? We will. We will for sure. Okay. So he did cool off this time. And his next attack occurred in August again, but in 1873, so a year later. Okay. So he waited a year again. Okay. He's back to waiting a year. Mm -hmm. What's his surname again? Garayo. Garayo. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he took another sex worker to Erikachiki yeah. mm -hmm. stream. And he again refused to pay her full price. And he again tried to strangle her when they argued. But this time she fought back. Finally. Yep. And she made such a commotion that it alerted some guards who were at the, the Poverin Viejo, oh. old powder keg, you know, yep. that building. They didn't go too far this time. Yeah. So there were guards there at the time and they overheard all this commotion. And so that forced him to then, you know, get the hell out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. Do you do you know that expression to get the hell out of Dodge? No. Well, never heard that. I was, I use it so commonly just to say to like, get out of there, you know, get mm -hmm. the hell out of there. But so I ended up looking it up and I'll tell you what it's about. Do, do, do. Okay. What's so the Dodge referred to? It's like means to leave before you get caught. Right. Mm hmm. So here's the history. It's the phrase, get the hell out of Dodge, comes from Westerns, Hollywood Westerns from the early 20th century. And during this uh, Western era of the U.S., Dodge mm -hmm. City was a location in Kansas mm -hmm. and a recurring theme in Western tales. So they were always talking about Dodge City. Okay. Kansas is like smack dab in the middle of the U.S. Okay. It's very central. Okay. So it would be in many Westerns, the town sheriff would tell the criminals or the bandits in the story to get the hell out of Dodge and take their criminal activities elsewhere. <laughs> okay. So basically shoo them off to go somewhere else to do whatever they're doing. It's, That's it's, where it comes from. I different. had no idea until I looked it up because I was curious. It's sweet to see how I guess you picked it up in Idaho because you grew up in Idaho. American right? or just because you hear it said, and oh, so like, true. you know, as an expression. We need to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> People I mean, just say that. Yeah. Say, we got to get out of here. Maybe just, yeah, you guys watched lots of Westerns. That's something I did. Well, no, do. I didn't. It's not from Westerns that I got it. It's more from pop culture. Yeah. Just well, hearing it Yeah, used. pop culture would have watched Westerns. Yeah. I just never was into Westerns. Me neither. I had an uncle who loved them, but I was like. It's always uh, some old man that loves Westerns. Yeah. I yeah. think my uh, father-in-law loves Westerns. He's always watching the ones. Mm. On Lados. Okay. In the middle of the day. Yeah, it's too problematic for me. I mean, I descend from Native Americans. I get as bored well. really easily. 
Yeah, you know, you have. I'm sure there's some good ones though. Oh, for sure. But um, yeah, they're probably problematic in today's standards, yeah. right? Yeah. Of course, with the, and it's usually like Native Americans being played by white guys or Mexicans. It's even worse. I mean, would you like racism with the proper race or? Yeah. <laughs> racism with not even real sort of ethnicities. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So he gets the hell out of there as soon as, you know, she's fighting him and yeah. um, these guards over here and kind of, you know, probably get involved somehow. So he takes off. Yeah. And now she's seen his face. This is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Building up. But yeah, that doesn't do anything to us. Not yet. Not yet. So he does avoid capture and then he waits another year. Oh my gosh. So Mm -hmm. she couldn't identify him. I know. Right. Right. Because where was she? Or maybe she's scared. Because that happens a couple of times in this story where they don't report him. Are you serious? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's so bad. I know. It is bad, but you know, women aren't treated very well in most the judicial systems. So they're probably just like, <laughs> I do not want to go through all that. So they just go, you know what? I'll just write it off as another shitty thing that happened to me as a woman. Mm. Sadly, it still goes down like that today. Yeah, very sad. Very mm-hmm. sad. I mean, it, it, it's kind of making me think of this podcast I listened to. Uh, it's in French, so well, it's called uh, couple ouvert, which is an open couple, as in you've got an open relationship, mm-hmm. but they're not. It's not about that. They're just open people. Oh. So one of the sections of the it's podcast a play on words or something. Yeah, it's kind of like a provocative title for the podcast, okay. but they're actually just open. But the cute thing is they read the worst dates you've ever had. And a lot of times <laughs> it gets very close to murder. I wish I understood French. <laughs> it is, yeah. And oh, yeah. You hear that a lot. Like people think, I'm going to get murdered tonight you're just when like, they go on this date. Half of those stories, you're like, get out of there. Yeah. Like once you see a Nazi symbol, you yeah, can walk out Yeah, because you hear the them door. say like, oh, okay, so that was a red flag, but I ignored it. <laughs> Yeah, and I just yeah. thought, well, maybe it's a one-off. Or but something. I really wanted sex, so yeah. why not? <laughs> I'm so cute. I know. Ay, ay, ay. Fall for that one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Some uh, things never change. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. So he waits another year after he attacks this woman, and she fought him off and luckily got survived. Good for somebody. Yep. And so this time he attacks, after that year, he now goes back and he attacks an elderly woman who's um, a beggar on the road to... Sumakera. Sumakera. Maybe. Sumakera. Maybe Sumakera. Sumakera. I'm not sure. Um, Which today... Actually, that's not even... That's the Spanish name. Which today has the Basque name um, Sumakadi. 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 Ibilbidea. Mm-hmm. And I know that bidea is passe or like a way or path. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So is something like an avenue or I oh, is it? If it I forget if it's avenue or it's one of those you know. Yeah. Street avenue high Boulevard. Street. Yeah. One of those. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he basically attacked this poor woman out of nowhere, um, mm-hmm. like she just you know begging. And then she screamed and defended herself until two women came to her defense. And then he took off. So in this case, she did recognize him. Good. Um, 
And I guess she told the others, mm-hmm. these other women, that he was drunk and, you know, oh, he just no. tried to kill her for no reason. He just, she doesn't know why he tried to kill her. But he went as far as... But she as... didn't report him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They she were just other kind of types. wrote it off like he's, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's drunk. I mean, I don't want to, like, victim shame her for not reporting him. But, I mean, you know, you give excuses to people. There's some behaviors that's not excusable. But, you know, Absolutely. I can't judge what her reasoning was for this. And it's a very machista society. So yeah, exactly. In a way, we understand. She's like, oh, he's just another drunk guy, you know? Like, yeah. we just have to put up with that sort of shit, you know? Very unfortunate. I was hopeful something would progress. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Douglas. Oh, sad. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's, it's, it, I mean... It, you know, I hope we don't have any serial killers listening, but the 1800s was so much easier, right? Wasn't it? Such Jeez. a simple time. <laughs> I mean, you can get away with everything. No kidding. It was a great time to be an asshole. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite, I, 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 I still think I live in, it's too far past. I'd rather be born in 200 years. Let's see if we solve some of those 200 problems. years from now, you'd rather be yeah. born. Yeah. Let's see if we solve some problems. Who knows? What are you? What do you think it's going to be like, though? Might not be that great. Yeah, well, if I feel there safer, there might not be a planet. If I feel safer, I'm happy to live on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> if it's safer. If it's safer. Anyway. So that's the um, that's the first part of this story, and um, it's a long one, kind of. So we'll put it into. It'll be split up. Episodes. Yeah, we're going to finish this episode That'll another be day. Part one, yeah. End of part one. So his first killing spree. Mm. It seems like a whole, I mean, it already is an episode, but I wish you stopped there. <laughs> <laughs> well, nope. <laughs> Hang on to your chapella because it gets a lot worse. Man, mm-hmm. my chapella's flying off already. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll pick it up where we left off um, in the next episode. It's heating up for sure. Yeah. I didn't think we had, we were going to have such a clear cut case of uh, serial killers, but you went far back enough to find them. Oh, yeah. There's more. Yeah. yeah. Of course, there's more. There's always more. That's so sad. I know. I mean, it's not like I have a lot of stories, yeah, in my archive that are, you know, serial killers, but there's always more. I mean, I thought it was, <laughs> thought it was cute. I just got to find them. I thought it was lovely that you're you're mentioning with your your uh, mother-in-law, you like you're telling some of the stories you have told so far, and she was pretty excited to, like, yeah. to learn about them. Yeah, but she won't be able to understand the podcast. It's a shame. Sorry, Mari Godwin. You never know. She might start studying English later. Uh, I don't know, man. She did study English for a long time. You need good motivation, you see? Yeah. It's all about the material. I mean, she might listen just to listen, but won't understand anything that's being said. Who knows? She might ask me about it later. That'll be fine. And then I can like, you know, edit it for her mm. listening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they're very So there we go. We have a fan. Very interesting. Stories. I'll just tell her to subscribe. That way we have more listeners. We need all of your subscriptions. <laughs> yes. Just just press the button. Yeah, that's all you have to do. And if you want to leave a review, that also helps. Keep us in your library. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's wrap up this episode. We are now, uh, let's go to mini crime time. Mini crime time. We? Yeah, mini crime time. Um, 
Well, this is just something I thought of today. I just remembered it. It mm-hmm. happened a while ago. Uh, I don't remember how long ago. Okay. And I was out on a run and mm. I was coming home and I was walking at that point to the house and there was a little old lady that had this the tiniest little dog. Like, how I cute. think it was a Yorkshire Terrier. They're tiny. I don't know if... It, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was a Yorkshire Terrier, but like a really small one, like smaller than usual. And they're pretty small. They are. Those guys. So, so cute too. They look like little teddy bears, right? Yeah. (laughs) Toys. So like I couldn't help myself, had to pet it. So I was, and it was like so lovey. It was just the cutest thing. Like wanted to come with me basically kind of lovey. And uh, the lady was telling me, she's like, oh, yeah, she loves everybody. She'll go with anyone. (laughs) And so this was the crime. Like, she's told me about how one time this, she was out walking, but the dog will like, the old lady's walking very slow and the dog will kind of run ahead to sniff Mm -hmm. whatever the walls Mm -hmm. and pee of other dogs, you know, as they do Mm -hmm. ahead of her. And uh, so the dog had like encountered another person who Mm -hmm. also bent down to pet it mm-hmm. and that person just picked up the dog and started walking away with it. oh my god and she had to go oh yay hey that's my dog she's like see and she'll just go with anybody she was totally happy to go with this person <laughs> she got her dog back obviously because i you know yeah. you said because i got to say hi to the dog eventually she never lost it but yeah that's the mini crime time story i have this person tried to take her little tiny dog. That's a terrible crime. I know. I'm happy. A little old lady's dog. Come on. That's so mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, just saying he, the person who was taking it didn't know if it was an old lady's dog, but. I don't think it was that far ahead. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have been, It wasn't like miles away from the lady. <laughs> like, walking around lost. I mean, it's a mini Yorkshire you can assume, you can You can assume that maybe the, the owner's around somewhere or the. For sure. You know, and you can be like, is this your dog? Is this your dog? Yeah. He didn't. But this person just started. It was a woman, I guess. They okay. just started walking away with the dog. I mean, they didn't sit around and wait to see if. But she did give it back. Good. So. <laughs> Some respect, I guess. I yeah. Mean, you know. Yeah. A, a nice ending to a mini crime thing. That's good. Yeah. It's always good. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a happy ending for that crime. Didn't. Nothing criminal happened yeah and and this is a good occasion to remind our listeners we're very interested in their mini crime times oh yes please if you have one send it in yes we would love to read your mini crime times. yeah you can have a personal story or a story about somebody else Mm -hmm. um what we aren't what's undecided i think at this Mm -hmm. point is whether or not it has to be in the basque country or do you have to be or basque affiliate i don't (laughs) I don't think it has to be for mini crime time, no? No, it could just think? be a mini crime, right? I mean, if you have had a mini crime in a Basque country, we would prefer it. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awesome. But when we bring one to the table, it'll always be from here. Will or, it? Why not? Well, it doesn't have to be. No, see, these are things that we could be loosey goosey yeah. on. Tell us what you guys prefer. If you think it's if it's really important for you guys to have crime. It has to be in the yeah. Basque country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, we'll take it into consideration. We will. We will. We're flexible. Yeah. We're nice people. We are. Have a good week, everybody. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. 
Crimes of the Basque Lands is written and produced by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. The sound and editing for each episode by Douglas D. Carvalho, and Megan Dooley. Theme song written by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. Sung by the choir with no name and produced by Tom Squires. Podcast art by Distinct Signal. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Crimes of the Basque Lands and contact us at crimesofthebasquelands at gmail.com with story ideas worldwide which have a connection to the Basque Country or any rave reviews. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, like, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, Agur! Agur.